crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. Faye Clark. Um, you might know me from writing articles and reviews on Dark Knight News or Fantastic Universes, where I am known as the Book Queen slash that random lady that does podcasts with Adam. Um, I have been pulled in to the universe of fantasticness by the Rays, who are very close family friends of mine, and I'm always happy to be there. I started out reading uh, a lot. My family was one of those families that, um, you know, at the end of the day, after we'd had dinner and everything, my parents would make me and my brother stand up and read a couple of chapters of the books that we were reading um, in front of the family. And we would do a lot of like self uh, reading. Um, and one of the main things that I think got me into the geek culture and where I first got started like started getting called being a geek was because of my absolute love and obsession with the Harry Potter series um, which I mean for most people my age that is the kind of thing that gets them into the the whole geek culture was the Harry Potter phase and then it, it moved on to Percy Jackson books and all of the Greek mythology and that just became a complete obsession of mine as well still, still to this day I'm absolutely obsessed with Greek mythology and anything in the Percy Jackson universe is immediately I'm like I make gri- grabby hands I'm like give it to me now <laughs> I need it you know last year I read 450 books so I don't think it slowed down or stopped or anything like that slightly impressive but then again we also spent most of the year doing absolutely nothing in our houses so I didn't have anything else to do so I was like challenge accepted (laughs) but yeah so that's that's my my main hobbies would be the reading um, and then just like a deep deep dive into the things that I'm really really passionate about being mythology um the Harry Potter universe and then you know over the last f- five to seven years Adam's got me into D&D and more like Comic-Con and cosplay kind of stuff um, and that's that's come into a fruition now where I'm I'm like we had to go into lockdown and I was so upset because we just got to a really interesting part in the campaign that I was doing with him and we couldn't play any D&D games and I was like why um but I'm still in that very much like I'm a geek because I read so much and I read for fun and for pleasure which isn't something that a lot of people do anymore I I count everything I count audiobooks I count ebooks I count comic books that are just 20 pages I count reading a long text chain from your friends as long as you're actually physically reading something I don't care what it is just enjoy the fact that you're reading something you know I don't care if it's fan fiction. If you're reading like smut on the internet, you're reading and it's fun. What do I care? You know, I had a really good childhood up to a point where my father passed away when I was 11. 
and then you know things got a little bit harder and I had to grow up a lot more quickly than my peers did um, and I became a caring person and I became you know like the mother of the group I made sure that everybody was always doing their homework and was healthy and got home okay and I still do that now I take care of all of my friends when we go out drinking I'm like text me that you got home okay I think you should start like go and drink some water you've had too much to drink or whatever um and that's turned me into like you know a person that has a lot of feelings that I don't necessarily let out uh because I don't want to put my problems onto other people but I'm happy to lend an ear to them and I'm always happy to help you with your problems I'm the agony aunt you know you come to me if you have a problem and I'm like here are three different ways you can fix it I would prefer it if you did this way but you never listen to my opinion anyway so do whatever you want um you know I think that I I, I'm a good friend, I'm a good sister, and most of the time I'm a good daughter. Me and my mum clash a little bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, we love each other, and we've all been through so much together, and, you know, I'm a very hard worker, which I get from my dad. I'm extremely sarcastic. I swear like a sailor. Um, I'm slightly violent, and, you know, <laughs> I, I just think I'm a complex human being, but people only see me as a surface-level stereotype. And I mean, it doesn't help that I also like wear glasses and I'm not one of those girls that like puts on lots of makeup and spends time on my appearance. And, you know, that is a stereotype of being a geek where you're like, oh, she's got her hair in a ponytail. She wears glasses. She doesn't care about her appearance. She's a geek. You know, she's got that, you know, she doesn't care because she doesn't have a boyfriend or she doesn't have a partner and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But that's not the case. That's just not how I was raised. You know, some girls are raised and, and they wear a lot of makeup and they do their hair and they look absolutely stunning. And, and you know, they're, they're an absolute geek for random things that I wouldn't know about. It doesn't matter how you look or how much time you spend on your appearance. It's the person inside that matters. I would say my interests are mostly to do with reading and books um I do a lot of uh obviously writing and reviewing books and stuff I wrote my first well I finished my first short story uh that was based on some characters from a D&D campaign um but but I you know I've tried writing before and I've never finished anything so when I actually finished this I was extremely proud of myself um but I mean my hobbies include you know being with my friends and chilling out with them, listening to music, uh, just creating universes in my head um, for fun. And, you know, most of it is is surrounding books because that's just where I find my happy place. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, def it's my escape from reality. I read a lot of uh, fiction and not as much nonfiction. And I read a lot of fantasy and sci-fi in that fiction genre. Um, because that is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, you know, walking into someone else's problems and them having to deal with it. Whereas in my everyday life, I am a problem solver. I do deal with problems and that's not what I want from, you know, when I get home, I want that release of not having to do anything and not having to be an adult and not needing to have responsibilities. And I find that when I read books, it's easy for me to slip into that reality and easy for me to just sort of like let go of everything and enjoy the fact that 
it's someone else that has to deal with the issue and I don't have to think of the answers and I don't have to think of the resolution and I just continue reading and they'll figure it out for themselves I, most of the time some characters don't and that frustrates me <laughs> but I can't change how a book is written so <laughs> when I was a kid it was just fun and it was something that my parents sort of like instilled in us they would read a lot we would read a lot and it was just like a family activity of us sitting on the sofa reading books like separately but together at the same time um and it just you know whenever we went to the doctor's surgery and there was a long wait uh you know we'd go into the <laughs> into the doctor's room and they'd be like they'd tell me oh you're just like your dad or you're just like your mum you always have your head stuck in a book because that's what they see from our family when we're in the waiting room we're all sitting there with our noses in a book just reading and that's just what it became for me it became you know a memory of my dad and a memory of my family and a happy place when I was a kid and a safe place and that's how it stayed it's just a nice thing for me to sit down and do and other people have that they have that with music if they used to like go on long drives with their family and they used to listen to music that's where their happy place is listening to their music and it's just it's different for everyone but yeah for me it's definitely stayed that sort of when I was a kid it was there because I was told to do it by my parents but I also found enjoyment in it because there were these magical wells that you could go out and you can have fun in and I didn't have to move from my sofa I would be in this fantastical world with witches and wizards and dragons and I didn't have to go anywhere and it was amazing I know Steve's story because um, I, I love hearing his story so much of how he went to Harry Potter. But mine was a little bit similar in the fact that we came into it later. We didn't actually come into the Harry Potter series until the third book had come out. Um, and one of my dad's friends from work was actually reading it. And uh, they were like, oh, this is a book that I think your kids would like. Um, and my dad was like, oh, really? OK, what's that? And he looked into it and there was a coupon in the like Sunday paper <laughs> for like half off the first Harry Potter book because the new one had just come out. And my dad used this coupon and he went out and he got the book <laughs> and he brought it home. And then he read it and then my mum read it and they both went, yes, absolutely. Give it to the kids. So then my brother read it and then I read it. And then we got the second one and the third one. And then that's how it went every time a new book would come out dad would read it mum would read it philip would read it and then i would read it and because i was the youngest i was always the last one to get the book <laughs> but i was possibly the far like the fastest person to read it because i just absolutely devoured everything and i saw myself in some of the characters you know like uh harry in, with his struggles with his home life although i had a good home life there was always this you know my dad's uh, had cancer and it was an ongoing problem from when I was a small child so there was always like a little bit of turmoil and then I saw myself in Hermione being like really smart and really uh, like you know the the swat of the classroom being like the absolute nerd that puts their hand up and goes oh yeah miss I know the answer that's me please pick on me I handed in all of my homework on time I enjoyed school me and my brother used to come into school and go oh yay we're having tests today <laughs> And I don't know what kid turns up to school and go, yay, tests. But that was me. I was in that family. <laughs> and I saw myself in, in these characters, which helped me engage in the story. And, you know, it led me on to adoring the story and, and rereading it basically every year. And my, I mean, I do have to say my favourite book is the third book, uh, is Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, and I, it's my comfort book. When I was at university and I was having a hard time 
going through uh, my course and, you know, I was struggling with some of my housemates and I went to a charity shop and I was looking around just to see what there was and sitting there on the bookshelf was a copy of, uh, a second-hand copy of Prisoner of uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of the Azkaban and I knew that I needed it. I needed it right now and I knew that it would make me happy and I knew that it would make me feel better and I read it in like four hours or something absolutely ridiculous and I felt instant serotonin I just felt so happy and I felt so safe and so much better and I finished my coursework and I got the best grade that I'd ever got on my coursework and it just it made me feel so good in that safe space of you know I've read this before I know what happens I love these characters I love this world and and everything and it, it it was just a really nice place to feel when I was having a rough time. And I mean, from that book, uh, there was the, obviously a lot of people know Harry Potter, but they don't at the same time. There's this uh, scene with the Bogart and they learn the spell Ridiculous, which changes it into something ridiculous that you laugh at. And that's how you dispel the Bogart. Um, and I had this wand uh this like tinkerbell light up glowy wand when I was a kid um and I came home from school one day and I couldn't find it anywhere and I really wanted to play with it for some reason and I said to mum I was like I don't know where it is and she's like you probably haven't looked for it properly um and she couldn't find it and then she called my dad because he was in a late meeting and she wanted to know what time he'd be home for dinner and she asked him if he'd like he knows where my wand was and my dad goes oh yeah I've got it and we were all like why you're at work why do you have my wand um and so my dad's being like an accountant at a council like a proper per- like professional person in a suit he has a briefcase and this man has my t- pink tinkerbell light up wand that when you like swish it it made the sound that sort of like and it was absolutely ridiculous and my dad came home and he told us this story of where he he goes everywhere early because he hates being late but he actually stayed behind so that everybody was in the office and uh, everybody was like seated down at the desk and they were all about to start their day and he pulls out my one from his briefcase bursts through the door and goes ridiculous and he turned it on and it went and everybody in the office just fell about laughing because this ridiculous man in like a suit with a briefcase was waving around this pink child's toy like spelling from harry potter just going ridiculous and then for the rest of the day if anybody came and asked him a stupid question he'd wave the wand at them and be like vanisho and they'd just have to walk off from the desk because he just wasn't going to deal with it and he brought it home and he was like i might need to borrow that again that was really good and it's just, it's things like that, that, you know, it, Harry Potter was a big part of my life. And then it, it became an even bigger part because it now holds memories of my dad and how funny he was and how ridiculous he was. <laughs> and it just, it brings me back to a happy, happy place, um, which has been difficult because of everything that JK Rowling's come out with lately that I do not agree with at all. But this is now where I have to separate the person from the actual writings there are so many people that love and found comfort and safety and saw themselves in these characters and it helped them grow up and get through really traumatic events and you have to separate that from the person who created it who has come out to be an absolute 
piece of work that no one likes at the moment. And it's been really difficult for someone like me who it really is my self place to go. Like I do go back to Hogwarts. It is my home. Um, and I was talking about it with Adam and with my friend Rose and they both agreed, you know, like it's going to be tough for everyone. Uh, but it's going to have to be that thing where we all agree that just because she's a terrible person doesn't mean that we still can't enjoy the content. Um, but I have agreed that I won't be buying any more of her books or any more of the special editions or anything like that because I don't want to be giving money to that kind of person. But I will still read the books that I have and I will still enjoy the story that gave me so much comfort over the years. So I'm still working on it, but that's something that has been, you know, troublesome for me lately and I've just I didn't do my yearly read of Harry Potter last year because I just couldn't bring myself to do it um, and I think I'm not going to do it this year but I might restart next year with a fresh mindset of enjoy enjoy the characters enjoy the storyline you know and just not have her involved in any of it and that way I can still feel good and still know that my memories are valid and my feelings for that story are valid without giving her any of my joy or happiness she she may have made it she may have created it but the fans made it there wouldn't have been films if there wasn't such an uproar from you know the fans of being a sellout every single time that you know it, none of the things that she has been able to do would have been done if it wasn't for the fan basis that she had we are what made that fandom we are what created all of those things for her and we can just as easily stop it's interesting that you you were really into sort of the, the fantasy world and that really grabbed you but you didn't as you say it wasn't until adam more recently introduced you to some of the other things like D D. Uh, were you just not sort of involved in that world? There was no one doing it? None of your friends involved in it? Yeah, no, it just wasn't even really on my radar um, until I was at university and my brother actually started uh, a campaign with Adam and Steve and a fr uh, like ad one of Adam's friends from university. I was away in Portsmouth, so I was like a two-hour train ride away. And when I came home for a couple of weeks over like Easter or something... Um, they invited me to sit in on a game because they all thought that I would really enjoy it. Um, and that's how it started. But I literally, like, my dad was uh, a comics man. Where we still have some of his comics. Steve's been through them. And he he's like, oh, I'm jealous. Oh, your dad had that one? Oh, my goodness, no way. Oh, my gosh. And we've actually uh, given him some because, I mean, at the moment, they're just sort of sitting in a box, not really doing much. So we donated some to Steve's collection to fill out the ones that he was missing. Um, but my dad was very much like a comic person. Uh he was also very Marvel heavy, whereas I know Steve is DC heavy. But the actual like role playing, fantasy games, any of that kind of stuff wasn't in, wasn't even on, remotely on my radar because I didn't know anyone who was doing that kind of thing. Most of my 
friends or family friends that were like obsessed with things it was sports you know it was football or cricket or stuff like that my dad was absolutely obsessed with football um and so me and philip were quite sport heavy as kids as well uh but no the the book thing was a family thing but anything other than that has been completely steve and adam's fault i mean thank you um but it was their fault <laughs> i don't think he ever um sort of indoctrinated me and philip into it he was more like you should be reading reading instead of like reading pictures uh because he wanted to get us out of our child phase as quickly as he could because he knew that he wasn't going to be around forever unfortunately so he wanted to make sure that we were reading like proper adult books without pictures um and we didn't know the extent of his comic collection until he passed away and mum gave me and philip his like massive massive comic book collection that he had um and then it just it didn't really do anything for a few years until i started hanging out with adam and then i started hanging out with steve and then that's when it, the comic thing really kicked in for me and philip it was early teen years i think um so dad passed away when i was 11 and then by the time i was like 13 maybe i was completely obsessed with marvel and dc and everything like that my dad used to take us to watch um the all of the marvel movies that had come out by the time that he was around uh and that was always something that we would do as a family that was a big part of you know who we were it was the superhero movies and the lord of the ring movies and obviously the harry potter movies and they were always something that we would go and see but we were never really into the actual comic graphic novel side of things until we found out what collection dad had and then steve came along and just just ruined everything really i mean <laughs> such a terrible terrible man <laughs> and i would like to uh, also admit that i got him into uh, certain TV shows uh, that he was obsessed with that he wouldn't have uh, started if I hadn't have been a bad influence. So it goes both ways, um, which I'm happy about. <laughs> Where During my uh, university years, I made, still to this day, one of my best friends from uh, the show Supernatural. I was supposed to be doing work. Um, <laughs> I was taking a break uh, in our little like IT room at university and I was scrolling on my Tumblr login dashboard um, and my friend looked over my shoulder and saw just Supernatural on every single post and she started up a conversation with me and uh, we basically freaked out about Supernatural for like three hours or something silly and then uh, we went on summer holiday at the end of first year and then the like second night I was in our new house at uh second year she was around my house and we binged watch season one season two and season three of supernatural within like two days and she just slept over uh for like two days and you know that was it that was the end of end of you know that as they say is history she is still to this day one of my best friends um and we constantly you know message each other about stuff and i got her into teen wolf um like i got the rays into teen wolf as well um you know and um, yeah yeah so that would that's also you can add that to my list of things that i'm completely obsessed with uh, teen wolf and supernatural both of which i have not finished because i don't want it to end even though teen wolf has been finished now for like five years or something silly i still haven't watched mm. the last season because i'm like no no you can't leave me i don't want you to go <laughs> I, as long as i'm around you can be around i'm fine with it <laughs> 
Um, so I suppose we, we're going to have to talk about them. The crazy people that they are. How did, how did Steve and Adam come into your life? It was through a mutual friend of mine and Adam's that I knew from primary school and they had known for many, many years because they used to be neighbours. Um, I Adam had been mildly on my radar for a few years because we used to go to her birthday parties and uh, they did this um, summer barbecue quiz uh, and they would invite all of the kids and then they would invite all of the parents. Um, and one year it was just me and my brother that went and Adam was there and Steve was there and Jackie was there. Um, and for some reason, uh, we all just clicked. Um, I got along really well with Adam all of a sudden and me and Steve were making dad jokes about rabbits and lettuce. And, you know, it, it was really weird. And then uh, Philip came in, Philip's my brother, and he and Adam got on really well and him and Steve got on really well. And then me and Jackie were just laughing at the fact that boys are idiots. Um, and uh and that was pretty much it you know that that was the end of it you know me and Adam started to hang out a lot and I used to go see Steve at work because uh, he used to work closer to us um at the time and you know they just became like a second family to me they were there after my dad passed away it was I think about nine months after dad passed away that I really got stuck in with the Ray family um and they became a safe place for me again uh I went around their house um you know watched movies read comic books and stuff and just used to talk to them for hours uh and uh yeah Steve's like my my adopted dad which is an absolute delight jackie uh tries to mum me and she always gives me hand-me-down clothes um and but i think we're all more on a level of just talking uh about life and we she helps me with life advice and i always listen to her if she's got anything that she wants to talk to me about and adam is uh well adam's adam he, he's a brother, he's a best friend, he's been in my life for over 10 years now, and I'm so sorry to say he's not getting rid of me anytime soon. Um, and then I think uh, what really solidified our friendship was when I left for university, him and uh, Adam and my brother uh, started doing this D&D thing together, and Adam got Philip into Magic the Gathering as well, and um, they became really close, sort of like, as I left. I, they sort of found each other as friends um, and they they became really close, which was really, really nice to see as well. Most of the time I'm like, my friends can't be friends with my brother because that's weird. But I was like, out of all of the people, I can accept Adam and Philip being friends because they're so much alike already. I was kind of like already projecting Philip onto Adam and Adam onto Philip. I was like, you two are very easily mixed up. <laughs> You both annoy me. You both do silly stuff. You're both complete nerd geek people. Um, and, you know, you work really well together as a team. Uh, and then, yeah, as I said, you know, there was that one time I came home from university and we we rolled some dice and played a game. And then I just went into this hellhole of having a dice obsession and having to buy a lot of D&D &D books. They were worst obsessions. Yes. Let's face it. 
Well, that, that's the thing. Mum's always said to me, you know, you could have been a pregnant as a teenager. You could have been addicted to drugs. You could have been homeless. You could have been extremely violent. You know, there are a lot of ways that me and Philip could have, you know, completely ruined our lives after dad passed away and everything that we went through. And she was like, but, you know, Philip's on his games and you're on your books. And I've never actually had to be worried about either of you properly, like as a parent. Um and, you know, she's like, you could have been doing drugs, but instead you're obsessed with books and I'll take that. <laughs> I definitely was struggling. In my teenage years, I was bullied pretty severely at school uh, to the point where I had such bad social anxiety. I couldn't go into school and my mum had to start homeschooling me. Um, and I never actually technically graduated high school. I'd never did my GCSEs. Um, I am technically what we would class a high school dropout, <laughs> but I have a university degree and I have a good steady job um, and I am extremely smart. I was, you know, predicted A stars and A's all throughout everything apart from English, which was a B because I am dyslexic, which is fine. Um, but I, you know, and I was struggling to find who I was because people were picking on me for wearing glasses, people were picking on me for my body size, people were picking on me for being smart and wanting to learn and enjoying classes. And I used to sit down and, and in my uh, like tutor room and just read a book because I didn't have any friends and people would pick on me because I enjoyed reading for fun instead of like, oh my God, I only read because I have to do it at school. But there I was sitting there just with a happy little smile on my face, <laughs> reading a book not caring what the rest of them thought um and Steve and Adam and Jackie really helped me accept that being a giant geek and a giant nerd wasn't anything that I had to be ashamed of and you know it was fun and other people found it fun and I just needed to find my people my friends the groups that would accept me for who I am no matter what I look like or what my hobbies are, or, you know, how I speak, or anything like that, or what my IQ was, that you just had to find the people that were going to be nice, decent human beings, and accept you for who you are, and for what you liked. And that was the raise for me. Obviously, my mum and my brother were trying, but they were also going through a hard time, because Philip was doing his GCSEs, and mum was trying to make sure that her children were not being harassed by bullies and you know trying to get Philip through his GCSEs and it was a hard time for the whole family uh, just after dad passed away and both of his kids were now in high school and mum was just left as a single parent and I think that having an escape uh, such as the Ray's house to go to and like to chill out with Adam and across the road as well is like my second family I've known them since I was three years old my best friend Rose we work in the same uh, company together and we see each other basically every day um, and that was another place that I could go that was safe for me and she's always accepted me for who I am and we've never tried to change each other even though we're not exactly the same she doesn't like the same things I do I sometimes tell her that buying pink shoes is a stupid decision but if she wants them fine do it <laughs> um don't come crying to me when you've got no money in the bank. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it definitely helps having those people that accept you for who you are without you having to put on a facade, which is what I was doing for 
a whole lot of my teenagers and then I I redid at university to try and fit in with all of these people who liked clubbing until stupid hours in the morning when all I wanted to do was be at home in my bed asleep because I like sleep. <laughs> For my first year of university I, I went clubbing, I did alcohol, you know, I, I drank, I became that, you know, party person and then in second year I was just tired I just wanted to do my coursework and watch Supernatural with Marsha and go to bed. I was like, I can't be doing with this anymore. Please leave me alone. (laughs) I think that is something about geeks in that if you get two geeks in the room together, even if they're not doing the same thing, if one of you is reading Harry Potter and the other one is playing D&D or whatever, you're quite happy to just let the other person do it because you know how they feel and you just think, do what you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I forever will always listen to anybody rant and rave about something they're passionate about, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't have the same views as you about that subject. If you are so passionate and you want to rant and rave at me about something that you really think is cool and you really like, I'm like, I will listen to you for hours. This, to me, is good. I love it when people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, have you heard about this thing? This is amazing. I love this thing. And they just go on and on. And I'm just sitting there like, I could listen to you forever. <laughs> this is how I want to spend my life. People being passionate about the things they love and you know, having being able to hold an educated conversation about it. And that's, that's all I need. And that's what I found with uh, Adam and Steve. You know, I would say, oh, my God, I read this book recently. Or, oh, my God, that comic that you lent me, Steve, what? And we would literally just sit on their couch for about two hours and talk about characters and storylines and art and just all of these things that would be classed as, like, stereotypical geek things to talk about. Like, oh, my goodness, you're talking about comic book art? That's such, that's so geeky. I didn't care. I was happy. Steve is so passionate about all of these things and it just always puts a smile on my face whenever you know Philip Adam and Steve got going about like the recent Nightwing comic book or oh my gosh I know the backstory for my next D&D character I would just sit there and listen to them for hours talk about anything and everything while at the same time I'm introverted enough to just kind of be like you want to sit over there and do your thing you do that I've got like three books in my bag I can choose from an audiobook on my phone and I'm sure I can think of something else that I can do as well if you want your time over there to go do your thing I can I've got several things I can be doing right now um you know we you it's it's that type of situation where people always think an introverted person is a geek but that's not true. I have met so many extroverted people that I would class as that stereotype of a geek where where you know they're they're into a very niche thing um that you might not find a lot of people are into, but they're so happy and excited and sociable, whereas I know for a fact that I am introverted, and I think Adam's introverted, but he does well on the social side of things because he is like a dungeon master he has to have that sort of connection with people um and i know that my brother's introverted but my best friend rose over the road she is also really into books and she's also really really into harry potter um and she is complete extrovert she's like the social butterfly she drags me outside and she's like you haven't been outside in a week we're going for a walk and i'm like oh okay (laughs) i don't get a choice um but I would also class her as a geek. And, you know, it's just that kind of 
people think that geeks are quiet and submissive and like they don't do well in crowds but that's not true at all you know i i will i have a good pair of lungs on me well i don't because i'm asthmatic but i can shout really loud is what i'm trying to say um and i will make my opinion heard and i will make sure that people hear me if i need to be heard just because i don't particularly like going outside and being social doesn't mean that i can't do it or that i won't do it i think a lot of people look at someone like me and go oh she's fat she's got glasses she's got her hair up and then they've put me in a box that i don't fit into whereas when i'm being myself with adam or with steve or with rose or marsha or whoever i'm passionate i'm caring i i talk about the things that i i feel i want to talk about i interject into a conversation if i think that i have something to to add or just a sarcastic comment in most cases um but i make sure that you know my opinion is heard because it matters and a lot of people have put that stereotype onto the word geek where they're like, oh, I don't need to listen to you because you're not going to be talking about things that I care about and therefore you can just go off over into that place and I, I don't need to pay attention to you. And then they're immediately like, so no one wants to listen to me about my passion, that's fine, I'll keep it inside. I'll, I'll just have it for myself. It will be my thing that I'm passionate about and I'll make friends with... What I find is a lot of like geeks, as we're saying, uh, find friends over the internet because they're the people surrounding them in their real life don't have the same interests which I think is sad and I know that I've been incredibly lucky finding the Rays and Marsha and Rose and everybody else that I hang out with my university friends um, I actually met one of my other best university friends through the Harry Potter Society at my university and she to this day we still meet up well when we can and we message and she's one of my best friends and we send each other books all the time and she's called my Slytherin sister because we're both from the same Harry Potter house and you know it you know it it carries on throughout your life no matter what you do if you find the right people you will find that you're happier and you're more content and you don't have to hide what you think other people are going to find weird or they're not going to be accepting of anymore. I think it's a lot easier when you grow up into adulthood. I'm going to put that in air quotes because I don't feel like an adult most of the time. Um, because I, it gets to a stage, especially with me, because I've just been through so much in my short life of 25 years, that I just don't care what other people think anymore. I'm like, so you think I'm ugly? So you think I'm fat? So you think I'm weird because I wear glasses? Do I look like I care? I just don't care about your opinion anymore. <laughs> even sometimes, well, I mean, even people that I am friends with and that I know care about me, if they say to me, you know, oh, I think you should do something with your hair today. I'm like, no, I think you should do something with your attitude today. I just don't, <laughs> just don't care. I've given up. I'm happy doing my reading. I'm happy doing my writing. I'm happy texting Adam silly gifts and memes, you know, and I know that I have support and I know that I'm loved. And at the end of the day, that's all you really need, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> no matter how many pairs of shoes you have it's not going to change whether you're happy or not it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you have someone there who's like oh you like shoes well then you you go ahead liking shoes as long as you have that support and that happiness that you you can have from the people surrounding you 
then that's fine. I mean, you shouldn't bank all of your happiness on other people. You should be able to find content from yourself 100%. But it helps having that support basis if you're having a bad day to just text. I do this all the time. When Adam or Rose doesn't know I'm having a bad day and I'll just text them like, hey, what are you doing? And then we'll get into a conversation. And by the time I finish texting them like half an hour later, I've got this stupid smile on my face and I feel a lot better about myself. And they don't even know that I was having a rough time. They've just answered the texts from a friend being like, oh, not much. I'm just eating some breakfast or in Adam's case, most of the time, I'm gaming right now, dude. What up? <laughs> um. You know, and, and then we just talk and we send funny photos to each other and it just makes me happier knowing that people care enough to, I mean, respond to my messages and take time out of their day to talk with me and make sure that, you know, I think especially in 2020 and the last year that we've had, most of everybody's connection has been through text and photos being sent and videos being sent and everything like that. And I know that um, me and Adam barely got to see each other, even though we live like a half an hour away from each other, which was probably the most time we haven't seen each other uh, since I was at university, a good like five or six years ago. Um, and it was really difficult. And I could tell sometimes from the way he texted that he wasn't having a good day. And that's when I was like, okay, time to be a good friend. Let's make a stupid comment, a sarcastic joke, and send him a funny YouTube video to watch. And it's just having those people around you that can support you when you're going through a hard time. It doesn't matter if you're a geek or if you're not a geek or if you've put a stereotype onto someone else. Everybody deserves to be content with who they are, not have to hide themselves and have that support of friends and family around them. And I just think if if you take away that stereotype, we're all human beings. It doesn't matter if you're passionate about comic books or like geeky, nerdy things. It doesn't matter if you were like bullied as a child or if you were the bully. Everybody deserves to be loved and cared for. And I don't understand why some people still to this day use it as an insult. It's not an insult. It's a word. <laughs> It doesn't mean anything. I myself am happily calling myself a geek now. Whereas in high school, it used to mean, you know, I would come home and I would wonder why nobody liked me, why they were insulting me by calling me a geek and a nerd. And when they amalgamated the two, a neek, which was new, they they amalgamated nerd and geek and they called me a neek, which is spelled N-E-E-K, which I found out when they wrote it on some of my belongings. <laughs> um just because I enjoyed school and I enjoyed learning and I read for fun. And I, I just, to this day, will not understand why that's a bad thing. It, it, I, I do not comprehend. I mean, I, I don't have a high school diploma, degree or whatever you want to call it. I don't have my GCSEs. But I graduated from college and I graduated from university. I'm happy. I've got good friends. I've got good family. I've got a good job. I'm stable you know, and I'm doing a lot better than I possibly thought I was going to be doing at the age of 13 when I wasn't very happy with who I was, what I looked like, where I was in life. Um, and I'm sitting here now as a 25 year old 
absolutely astounded that I'm actually able to get up in the morning and go about my day. And and all of these kids who are calling me like all of these names and they've threw bricks at my head and they like bullied me to the point of me not being able to go into school because of the way I looked and how I spent my downtime at like lunchtime reading or going to the library or whatever. And I'm just I I don't understand why it's a bad thing just because I don't like the same thing as you. I never called them stupid or ugly or mean or well no that's wrong I did call them mean because they were mean but I didn't call them you know a loser or whatever just because I you know they were in maybe a lower grade level than I was and because they were having trouble with their maths I never called them all of those names but because I was good at maths they called me a geek for it and I was like that clearly has something to do with you rather than something to do with me and as an adult that's the conclusion I've come to but as a 13 year old you know I was crying in the shower asking why nobody liked me because you just don't get it when you're a kid whereas now I'm like yeah call me every name you want under the sun I mean my brother comes into the well when he still lived in England he used to come into the room turn off the light switch and I'm like what did you do that for and he goes because I didn't want to have to look at your ugly face and if I get that from my own brother in my own house then I'm semi-jokingly, I think, uh, then, you know, I, you can say whatever you want to me. Literally, my brother says terrible things to me on a daily basis, and that's how he shows love and affection. <laughs> you know, we're that kind of household. I'm like, hey, idiot, what are you doing today? And he's like, oh, not much. Dumbass, how's it going? <laughs> you know, we're that kind of family. Um, and, I mean, the amount of times Adam and Steve's like, never change. I mean, don't argue as much, but never change. You guys have such an interesting relationship because they're both only children um, and they never got that sibling relationship that me and Philip have. And when we used to sit around the D&D table and we just used to get into the most petty arguments <laughs> because that's what siblings do. Um, and it was fascinating to both of them. Uh, but no, you know, I, I don't understand why people find it insulting to call someone else a geek someone calls me a geek I'm like yeah and I'm proud of it would you like a book recommendation <laughs> I'm leaning into it at this point I'm just like yes that's correct <laughs> I don't know if it's changed I think the insult language has changed I think geek is very much a word of my generation and up I don't think it's used as much in the younger generations anymore um I don't know what their insults would be, but I haven't heard it being thrown around by the younger generation as much as it was thrown around by us. Um, I think it's definitely of its time. Uh, and I think that people are starting to realise that, you know, it's not such a bad word as they were led to believe when they were being yelled at it as a teenager, you know. People are realising that just because you have a niche interest doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, I think a generation of Harry Potter readers and Marvel film watchers have helped that it's a bit more acceptable. Yes, widely accepted. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like the Lord of the Rings, uh, high fantasy, Harry Potter... Um, Marvel definitely has helped the superhero 
comic book age come into fruition a lot more um but yeah I don't think it's used as much by the next generation as we used it and I think it is slowly starting to get its resurgence as like the geeks are claiming it back for themselves so well this is the thing as I said beforehand, I would call my father a geek about football. And there are thousands of football fanatics out there that you could call a geek because that's basically the definition of a word, isn't it? You're geeky about something. I don't understand. It just, oh, it genuinely frustrates me. People have this stereotype of jock that you can't match with a stereotype of geek. And I'm like, stop stereotyping. And then maybe you'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> I think everybody's a geek about something, whether you are a geek about fashion or a geek about makeup or a geek about trainers or a geek about Instagram or social media or YouTube or music or history or architecture or literally any tiny little thing that you're passionate about. That is the definition of geeky. If you're really interested in something, you are a geek for that thing. Every single person is a geek. It doesn't matter what it is, just because you've stereotyped it as a geek means like comic books or video games or like reading or movies or, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Geeky is geeking out over something. If you're really, really into a certain makeup line or a perfume or a designer or you're a geek about a boy band or like a social media influencer, you are a geek. Every single person in this world is a geek. If you're a geek about politics or, you know, you <laughs> anything and everything, you are a geek. That's it. End of conversation. Get it tattooed on your forehead. Geek. That's it. That's the conclusion I've come to. You're all geeks. Welcome to the fold. We have t-shirts. You can find most of Faye's writing on fantasticuniverses.com. She also maintains the Fantastic Universes Instagram page. follow Faye directly on their Instagram, always buying books. fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasticuniverses.